Welcome to Inside Groove, the only motorsports show where super modifieds are king, methanol is aromatic, and the drivers carry their balls in a bag. Inside Groove is powered by IPC Indy, creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Here's your host and fellow superholic, Race Chaser Media's Tom Baker. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 63 of the Inside Groove Super Modified podcast, presented by the good folks at Indy Performance Composites, along with uh, JNS Paving and Skip's Fish Fry. My name is Tom Baker, and if this is your first time listening to this show, um, we are really excited to have you. And if it's your 63rd time listening to this show, uh, we're really happy to have you uh, as well. So um, glad to have everybody back aboard. And um, we did miss a week, and I apologize for that. Uh, uh, in in the world that I live in, um, from the standpoint of uh, what I do for a living, which basically is this stuff, um, every once in a while something comes up that just needs your attention really quickly. And I had... Uh, a situation come up that I was not expecting, and I say that in a very good way, um, awesome way, actually. Um, some things uh, going on for 2021 that I was not expecting to have happen, but uh, uh, a couple of phone calls last week and uh, some meetings uh, as a result of those phone calls and uh, some announcements coming up. Uh, it's going to be really cool, and I'll be able to share some of it with you hopefully by next week, but uh uh, really, really excited about uh, what's going on with me for next year. And uh, it actually could um, really fundamentally change um, not only this show, but all of my shows in a really interesting way for 2021. So um, we'll get to that in due course when I can. But um, this show, because of the fact that uh, we didn't put out a show last week. I don't want you all to think I didn't do one. I actually did. Um, interviewed, uh, did the interview with uh, Camden, our, our segment with Camden last Friday. Um, you're going to hear that. That's going to be the next segment. You're going to hear, um, after we step aside for a commercial, you're going to hear Camden's segment from last Friday, which is kind of a preview of Thompson and a review of the uh last test session that uh, they had at Oswego. And then um, we're going to hear from Craig Harris. I was able to uh, get an interview with Craig uh, earlier this week after his great run in Mike Barbera's new 350 Super at Riverside over the weekend. So we've got Craig Harris coming up on the show. Then... We're going to have <laughs> the classic 2005 rewind uh, because, again, we didn't get to that th- this past week. So we're going to have a show. So we're going to do the uh, 2005 classic. And then we are actually going to have this week's interview with Cam um, where we break down Thompson. I was going to do that myself. And I said, you know what? There's two reasons I decided not to. The first of which is it's much more fun when you can discuss with somebody when you're doing uh, a breakdown like that. But then also, this is a neat show because this is uh, Cam's last show in the U.S. for a while. He's going back to Norway to spend some more time with his girlfriend. And um, so I thought it would be fun to actually 
do back-to-back. It's not going to be exactly back-to-back, but uh, two separate interviews with Cam on the show. So we, we're going we're gonna to bring you everything that you would have heard this past week if I'd actually been able to uh, put the show together and get it out. Um, so you're not going to miss anything. So we're going to have Camden last week. Then we're going to have uh, Craig Harris this week. Then we're going to have Classic Rewind 2005. Then we're going to have Camden this week. Um, to close the show. That's how that's going to work. And um, so that should be fun. I think you'll enjoy the interview with Craig. It was it was really uh, nice to talk to him. Um, I met Craig for the first time back when he was just 13, I think. And I was at that time at Brewerton Speedway. And we Craig w- was interested in running a dwarf car. So uh, Jim Gray, I think, and maybe Frank Dahl. I'm trying to remember who all was there. Um, and myself and, gosh, I don't even remember all, all the, but there were a small group of us. We had him come out to, to basically test, to, to show that he could, you know, handle the car and all of that. And because um, at that time, um, he was very young for the class. And so um, he ended up being able to race. And boy, he's just, uh, I think he's done super well with uh, everything he's done in the sport since then. And uh, he and his family are just great people. So um, really enjoyed the opportunity to talk with Craig. And uh, I think you're going to enjoy the result of that uh, a little later on in the show. So um, I'm not going to be any earlier than that. We're going to step aside. When we come back, you're going to hear Camden won. This is Camden from last week is what you're going to hear first. And uh, you'll hear that right after this. Victory Custom Trailers is the place to go for your next new or used trailer or coach. Being personally involved in the racing community allows Victory to fully understand what racers need in a trailer. They have over 200 coaches and trailers in stock for a variety of industries, and they can serve anyone in the continental U.S. If you're looking for something custom, they can assist in designing a trailer to fit your needs. Check out their entire inventory online at victorycustomtrailers.com. Welcome back to Inside Groove. And as promised, we have Camden Proud on the uh, hotline right now. And uh, Camden, of course, if you're listening to this show for the first time, the 2019 Supermodified Rookie of the Year at Oswego, also the PR boffin for the Speedway. And uh, Camden, uh, we did have... A uh, Well, I guess you can't call it Fast Friday because we ran it on Saturday, so we'll just call it Super Saturday at the uh, Speedway last week. And uh, we've got Thompson this week to talk about as well. So um, let's start with first things first. We had uh, a number of drivers on the track over the weekend, last weekend at the Speedway, including you. What was it like to finally get back in the car and get out and get some laps? It was good. Uh, it was weird being out there so late in the year, and you know the leaves had changed, and uh, the angle of the sun was so different. It was just kind of, kind of funny. I've never been on the track so late in the year, obviously, but it was just really nice to be back behind the wheel and, and enjoy a fun afternoon with my family and crew. Well, I can imagine it was fun to get back out and get at it again. Um, you ran some sixteen, what sixteen eights? That wasn't too bad. I know uh, there were still some little things plaguing you, but uh, hopefully maybe you'll get one more shot at it uh, to get some of them worked out uh, before uh, Oswego stops running these test sessions. But um, overall, not a bad day. No, it wasn't a bad day. Overall, we're pretty happy with the car. It actually handled really good. We were on our 400-lap classic tires, and 
I ran some 16 nines and eights consistently and uh, we were just we were just battling uh, fuel pickup problem again. It's it's been the weirdest thing, the really really pesky thing for us that, that we were dealing with at the end of last year, and, and now the two test sessions we've done this year. So uh, we've <laughs> we've replaced just about everything that we we can on it, but we're going to go through everything again, and, and hopefully if the speedway opens up next week, we'll we'll try and get some more laps and, and get it figured out. Maybe you should just try an exorcism. Maybe that would help. Yeah, the car, it's, the car is evil. It, it really is. It's, some of the some of the same stuff just keeps biting us in the butt, and and we got to get it figured out because, as we all know, next next season it's it's going to be hammered down from the first of May right through to our our second classic. So we got to be on our A game. Yeah, um, and we'll get to that in a minute too. Uh, but uh, let's let's talk overall about. Um, the test from last week uh you had a number of cars on the track uh, across the divisions and um it was uh good to see a little bit of variety again uh walk us through who was uh who was fast and who was out there in which division well Danny Connors was back with with his wing car and just getting ready for Thompson it was the hot car they had some problems uh getting air to the wing okay uh in their session a couple weeks ago and the other day, he was very fast, ran a 15.6, and uh, that's the fastest he's ever gone with a Wayne at Oswego. So, yeah, yeah, Daniel was, was rolling pretty good. They're on their way to Thompson right about now with that car, and he also filled in for Eric Iosu again. Eric was working, and, and Daniel took out the, the non-wing, the 41 John Colocus car, and, and ran a 16.6 with that. So he he looked good uh they're they're really getting a much better handle on that 41 car too which is nice to see it is nice and you know danny is a driver that um you feel like at any point in time and i mean i know you know it's not like he hasn't one hasn't been you know had good runs over the years but i just feel like there's going to be this moment in time when when that young man breaks out and really starts to run and i think they probably uh they probably sped that moment up a little bit uh, with the recent purchase of the uh the Kotra car <laughs> um he's got you know a car now that can go out and you know a- and beat anybody in anything on the racetrack um and I think all of the seat time that he's getting and even the time in the 41 car to, you know, to help shake that down, you know, all of that obviously improves your game. And I, I feel like uh, Daniel may be a fun driver to watch when we get ready uh, to, to start the 21 season. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I don't know if there's anybody that, that hasn't won a feature uh, that that's really as deserving as, yeah. as Daniel is in that division. I mean, he just, he has has so much talent and and i think is just so underrated um really 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 good driver really smooth really smart knowledgeable knows how to work on the car gives great feedback and i've actually learned a lot about these cars just just by talking to to daniel and and john and you know spending some time down in their shop and i'm looking forward to to seeing how he does i know he's going to make the most of, of this opportunity he's been so close so many times and I really, 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 truly think that he's going to get the win next year. Well, I'm. Uh, I certainly would hope so. Like I said, he's done everything but win, and uh, you know, he's he's. If you look at, you know, overall, you look at his career. He's been he's been very successful, and yet at times, you know, I think he's had a lot of bad luck. But also, I just feel like th- there's just things that 
you know, have been out of his control and such. And, and maybe in, right. at some points, maybe they've been a little behind on, on the car. And, and so now, you know, you got what you need to go in races. And certainly um, the times that he's run over this, uh, this time on the track have been very respectable. So uh, you would think that he would be a, a, a huge contender next year. Who else do we have? Uh, let's see. Josh Sokolik was a 19-1 with his small block. Okay. Kelly Spaulding was out again at a 19-7 with a 350. Nice. And Derek Hilton with a 20.9 in his SBS. Now, Kaylee, um, was that about the same time she ran the last time, or was that faster? I'm trying to remember what she ran the first time. Yeah, she ran a high 7 last time, so just a tick quicker. Okay, yeah. So she's kind of found her sweet spot. Now it's just trying to sort of push past that. But again, for, for no experience to be able to, you know, to run that time. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll say it again. Um, you know, there was a time when, you know, I know it was a long time ago, but um, there was a time when 19.5 was turning time, so to speak, in the Supers. You get your, you know, your name on the board and whatever. Um, 19 seconds is still a pretty quick lap around the Speedway, even if, you know, obviously not quick enough to contend yet. But for her amount of experience, that's what you want. You just want to see consistency. You want to see that she can keep it under control and run a consistent groove. And, you know, eventually the more she does that, she'll get a little more confident and, and those times will start coming down. So I think that's great. And I'm really excited that, uh, you know, she's been out twice now and, and really no big incidents. So um, I think that uh, that gives us at least an indication that, um, you know, she's, she's, going to be a smart driver if nothing else and stay within her her means so hopefully uh she just can pick up more and more speed every time she gets on the track so that's great um and then you know hilton obviously uh is another driver that is new and is uh is trying to just sort of again find the sweet spot and then start to to push past it um and it's good that we've had all this track time for these rookies in these different divisions because It'll obviously, as we've discussed before, it'll make a big difference for next year. Um, and speaking of rookies, um, I think we can we can say now that we know, even if you may know a name, I don't, and um, it, it doesn't matter because I think the idea is to let them tell us. But I think we can now talk about the fact that the ex Tyler Thompson car that has been that was raffled off and. Um, was won by Tom Salvador, has now been sold to a late model racer out of Canada who has always wanted to run a big block super at the Oswego Speedway and now apparently has the opportunity to do it through um, purchasing the car from uh, from Tom. And um, so, you, you know, assuming everything is in order, we should have at least one rookie in 2021 in the super modified division, and that would be uh, an experienced late model driver from Canada. Yes, you know I'm I'm really happy about that. That we're going to have another completely new family, new driver in the mix, uh, another Canadian competitor. It's it's nice that we'll have two, uh, I believe, weekly Canadian competitors now. I know that he he does plan to run every week, but I talked to Tom this morning. I guess somehow the the car made it across the border. I don't know how, but I'm glad that it finally did. <laughs> Covert and, um, operation. Okay. <laughs> it was yeah. a covert operation. <laughs> okay. 
but um, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to talking with, with those guys. I, I do know who it is, and I don't want to step on anybody's toes, no. so um, I'm going to get in touch with them. I, I was, like I said, just talking to Tom this morning, and we'll probably put something together for, for next week, and maybe we can even have them on the show next week. That would, that that would, would fun. be fun. Yeah, I would love to do that if we can, um, you know, and uh, and get a, a feel for who he is and what he's done and, uh, you know, what's going on. I think it's a, I think it's awesome that we have another Canadian competitor. Uh, man, Definitely. I mean, I – I spend so much time going through the old programs and such, and you just, you know, you think about how it used to be with all the Canadians that we used to have in the 70s and, and 80s, and, um, you know, and it, and it started to sort of, you know, trail off um, as, you know, we got uh, through the 90s into the 2000s, just simply because, uh, number one, the Supers in Canada kind of, fell off and there weren't uh whereas there were a couple of weekly tracks in the 70s that would run them um you know by the time we hit uh the 90s you didn't see as much of that you, you had sabisma shows and that's about it um and uh also the cost it just uh just got very expensive and it's very time consuming to travel across the border on a friday and race on a saturday and go back on a sunday you kind of got to have the right situation to be able to do that um and so uh for all of those reasons, um, you know, we just don't see as much participation as we used to, and that's too bad because uh, the Canadians helped build the Oswego Speedway, as far as I'm concerned. And our, um, I feel like uh, Oswego really is um, a, a two-country track in a sense because the Canadians uh, have been so much of a part of the heritage of the Speedway, not just drivers, but you know, team owners and mechanics and fans and um, even uh, officials. Norris McDonald uh, <laughs> is, uh, I, uh, I always used to love Norris when he was the infield announcer, just uh, a, a great guy to talk to and loved what he did. Um, so, you know, that's good to see that we've got uh, got a second Canadian that could be running each week. And again, you know, maybe you'll, maybe a second will lead to a third and so on. And, you know, maybe within the next couple of years, we'll see four or five from Canada. Uh, never know. You yeah. never know. I mean, and, and again, you have, you know, the, uh, you have the three divisions now. So if somebody wanted to start in a lower class and work up, obviously that's an option too. So um real excited about that and uh, happy for Tom that he was able to uh, sell that car. I know he had, no desire to race it himself. Uh, you know, I think we all kind of went into that um, looking at the opportunity to say, okay, well, you know, if we were to win it, you know, what would we do with it? Um, and uh, I think Tom was obviously wanting to be able to turn it around and get it to somebody who could do some good with it. And uh, this was a great opportunity for that. So, uh, and uh, just good to see a, a rookie in the super modified class. Cause I think that's so far, that's the only one that we've got for 21. Is that right? That's right. So far. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So we've got uh, at least one rookie that we know of for next year and that'll be fun. And uh, I hope that uh, he will um, be successful and enjoy his time in the class for sure. So yeah, that's a good idea. See if, uh, see if you can arrange to, to put him on the show and, uh, and, and we'll, you know, we'll definitely, uh, Definitely have him on and, and let everybody get to know him a little bit. Okay, so um, no test this week. Um, not enough cars. So, um, 
you said that perhaps we may see uh, they may put a date out there for next weekend to test and see if they get more cars after Thompson. Is that what? Yeah, I think they will probably next Friday or Saturday. Um, We had, I think, four signed up this week, and I guess they have this this new rule where they want six cars or we're not going to practice, which I don't know why that is exactly, but I was supposed to practice on Saturday, so I'm kind of (laughs) bummed about that. You were one of the four. Yeah, I was one of the four. Okay. Well, so hopefully next week. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully everybody can get together and can get a few more for next weekend. And um, it is nice to to have the extra time to get the practice in. I know everybody would rather be racing, but, you know, yeah. you think about you got Thompson and, you know, you got October fast running, which probably doesn't affect any drivers really. But, um, you know, just something else going on. So after that's over with next weekend, uh, everybody can focus on Oswego again. And maybe we can get one or two more in before uh, – the end of the year be kind of fun if we could, uh, um, you know, can pull something on Halloween night. But, uh, uh, you know, who knows? It could be snowing by then. I know. Yeah, it's going to happen. <laughs> it's nice, though. You know, I'm glad that the guys have decided to, to leave everything on and, and keep this going and allow the rookies some track time. And Oh, yeah. You know, there's a lot going on this year, even though there's no racing. A lot of people are on Facebook asking why. What's it for? And, you know, people wouldn't believe how many – different changes the guys have made to their cars over the winter or most importantly like i said these rookies that want track time there's a lot of people that just want to go up and and try stuff so i think it's great that the track is continuing to to give everyone that opportunity oh i do too and i think uh you know the as we've talked about um ad nauseum probably the the beneficiary is going to be 2021 because uh these rookies that are getting all this track time now are getting the opportunity to do a lot of learning in a very low pressure non-racing situation so um hopefully when they come out for 2021 of course they still have to learn how to race around other cars but at least they'll have better car control of their own cars when they start and again for 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 new cars like uh, the coloca car this has been invaluable because that car obviously has had some um, new car blues so to speak um and they've been able to just keep coming back and testing and testing and, and seem to be working those out pretty nicely car seems to be um on its way and very close to being uh, pretty competitive time-wise anyway Oh, I think so. It, it looks really good. It was it was really smooth, and that's the best I've seen it turning was was the other night. So I'm glad they're gaining on it, and it's definitely going to be a, a good piece. For anybody listening to this who's wondering what happened to Eric Iosu, no, he didn't get replaced. He just had to work. So uh, he wasn't right. able to be at the track. So Danny has been kind of his um, – his fill-in, um, and, you know, that's great that, uh, like I said, helps Danny and it helps the team. So um, probably helps Danny a little bit, even with his own car, I would imagine, because that car is going to necessarily be a little different. So you kind of start thinking about things maybe that, well, maybe we could try this on our own car or try that or, you know, uh, also the other way going, you know, the other way where you, you, you say, okay, well, why don't you guys try this on the new car? And, um, you know, so I, I think that I'm sure that that helps everybody. And, uh, but Eric will be back in the car for next season and, uh, we're all looking forward to that. So, um, okay. Uh, we have Thompson coming up. Um, and obviously this, this will be the last super modified show of the year, of course. And, uh, a, a pretty good field, honestly, scheduled to to go. And, of course, last week when 
We taped your interview on Friday, as we are again this week. Um, we talked about the fact that Anthony Nacella and Doug Kobe were going to be driving the uh, two Howie Lane cars at Thompson. Well, then by the time the show actually was put out on Sunday, that had changed because Doug uh, went and, and sat in the car and realized, uh, I just don't fit this thing right. And so Doug Kobe has now been replaced by another young driver named Ronnie Williams, who, uh, th- again, like Anthony Nacella, is is really one of the stronger next-gen talents. And um, they're two guys that I'm sure most of our audience, supermodified-wise, probably don't know too much about, unless you're from New England and you follow the, the SKs, the modified scene up there. But... Um, you know, these two are going to be uh, anxious to get out there and do some racing. And I think Nacelle has already been in the car at least once to test. Uh, but um, it should be fun to see how those two do against the uh, super modified veterans. Yeah, certainly. Um, Anthony was in the car at Star last yeah, weekend. That's what I thought. He gave me a call on, on Sunday, and we talked for a few minutes, and he told me how much he liked it. I heard he looked really good, that it went really, really well. And I'm excited to see how they how they both do. And uh, I got to learn a little bit more about him this week. I know that, that Anthony's been kind of getting his feet wet in the, in the NASCAR modifieds yes. over the last few years, and and has has had a good season and put a good season together. And is also a former Valenti Modified Series champion. Yes, he is. And then Ronnie Williams has won the last two SK SK's. championships yep. at Stafford. Stafford. Yeah, I think. Stafford. Yep, Stafford. And then the Tri Track Championship last year. So a lot of a lot of credentials between these two drivers and um you know i read i read a story they did and and it was really cool um to to see their thoughts on the supers and and how they both said they they've always wanted to drive the cars and and how cool they think they are and and just really looking forward to the opportunity so it's nice to see two raw rookies to, to super modified racing they're going to make their debut at one of the fastest tracks well, yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, we're not running a a, a bowl. Uh, we're we're gonna go to Thompson and uh, and run the the biggest, fastest track possible. Uh, it's yeah, that should be a lot of fun. And and you know, there's a lot of drivers. I mean, even down here, when you talk to um, a lot of the younger racers that have seen the classic on TV or whatever. They all know who the, they all know what a super modified is, and they all would love to to get in one. It's really funny, and, and even to talk to some of the drivers of the modified divisions down here. I mean, you, you know, I I talked to Burt Myers not too long ago. Of course, you know, Burt got into um, I think it was Randy Birch's car, if I'm not mistaken, and totally destroyed it at uh, super modified race down here. Really, uh, I think it was an ace. Wow. Oh yeah. Um, it was, uh, oh, oh, gosh, how many years ago now it would have been, um, probably at least five or six. They, they had, uh, an MSS double header down here. And I think the second one, I think it was at ace, I'm pretty sure. Um, and yeah, he, he, he destroyed it. And, you know, as he said, the, the, you, you think that it's, you think it's similar, but it's really, it's not, it's a whole different, um, you know, kind of car to drive. And, and, uh, I mean, he still, he still feels bad about that too. I think the throttle hung up on him or something. Um, but he said, wow. you know, man, he said it was, it was fun to drive. And, and, you know, it's just, um, the, the supers have uh, a great reverence for a lot of people. So when you get to see one of these young kids like Anthony or, uh, Ronnie, uh, you know, behind the wheel. And, and I, as I said, 
last week. I I would love to see Doug Kobe behind the wheel because I think Doug is Doug's a wheel man. I mean, I, I, people kind of look at the situation he had over the years with uh, Phil Moran and that Mike Smeraglio team when they won all of the uh, the NASCAR Tour championships and races, but. Um, you know, you can't you can't forget that Doug still had to drive that car, and um, you know I have a ton of respect for him as a driver. And I, he's he was successful before that that team, and of course it just you know obviously once you get all the resources around you, it makes it much easier to to go from a contender to you know multi time champion. But um, you know he's uh, he's already won with his team this year, and and uh, in a, a season that's been you know, crazy for the NASCAR wheeling tour. So yeah, it's, it's fun to see um, different people get an opportunity. It's something else to watch. Um, But uh, we've, we've got most of the, um, the big guys coming for, for this, the ones that can, obviously, sadly, the Canadian border still closed. So we, we lose the Canadian um, uh, cars that, that would run the show. Uh, Canadian invasion is the phrase I was trying to get to there, but um We've still got uh, a number of really good drivers coming. Who else do we know is uh, on the list from Oswego at this point? Right. You know, I, I got to say, it, it's been obviously a tough year overall. And in Lee, the first Isma sanctioned race, that, that was tough. Yeah. Uh, Sandusky was was rough, and, and that's really to no fault necessarily of, of the drivers. A lot of them had quarantine, New York State, New England area. Right. We're going to Ohio. Lee, that was disappointing, but, man, star and and now thompson the the car counts are they were great at star and, and are going to be pretty darn good for thompson considering the circumstances and man if if the border was open and, and some of these swiggle guys and midwest guys had actually had their stuff ready to go were planning to go out and race didn't have work stuff pop up or covid related things get in the way i mean we could have had 35 to 38 cars seriously for the star classic and oh yeah for i just sure. i've been really impressed with the support uh super modified racing as a whole all the teams everywhere the way they've supported the the two end of season show so i just wanted to say that and, and that i'm happy about it but um, from from Oswego, I know Joe Gozik's still on the fence. He went and played in the dirt last night, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to want to again this weekend or not. He might kind of want to redeem himself because he went out for a seat <laughs> race yeah. last night, and the car didn't start. I had so, heard he had mechanical issues on the car. Yeah, yeah. So then he had to start last in the the Concy, and he passed like five cars and finished. 11th or 12th out of 18 which which was okay i mean he looked smooth he looked good it just thinks that they had mechanical problems so i don't know what he'll do i'll talk to him later today um i know connor's is already on his way out otto's already on his way out and dave danzer is going to from oswego so that's that's a pretty good showing unfortunately again brandon ballinger's not going uh, with the whole footbox thing, and, and Allison's 39 will be staying home too. So we lose those two guys that were at Star and, and won't be at Thompson. What about, uh, you did mention Jeff Abel, I don't think? No, Jeff's not going. They, I don't know if we talked about this last week or not. I can't remember, but they had uh, a wing that was specifically for Thompson, and they ended up selling it to RBI, I think, for Mike Bruce's car. Oh. So that was when Thompson was off the schedule, Bad and then Jeff. they put Thompson back on, and he says, "Oh shoot, yeah, well, that sucks." <laughs> hey, I need that wing back. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, yeah. 
you know, it's, uh, I don't know, do we used to have wings specifically for one track over another? I, I This specialization stuff is driving me nuts because that yeah. shouldn't be a reason that you can't go race a track. I mean, if we've gotten to that point, um, something's wrong with the equation here. But, uh, well, that's too bad because obviously you would have figured that Jeff would have um, been in the mix for sure, um, and now he's not going. So we've got, what, about four, I guess, uh, from Oswego going out? Three, four? Four, yeah. yeah. And, you know, Mike Silman told me don't sleep on, on Jeff going, so maybe maybe they'll surprise us. I don't know, but last I've heard, he's not going. So that that is unfortunate. He's been, what is it, second? At, yeah, at Sandusky, yeah. at Lee, yeah. and Star. Yep. So in every race, so. Yeah, he uh, he did the triple bridesmaid Um, and, you know, he again, anywhere he goes, he's fast. And look, if he doesn't make it uh, shoot, he's been one of the only ones, uh, you know, one of the few that have supported uh, just about every super show that's been run this year. Uh, You know, it was really a shame that we didn't get a better showing at IRP back in March, but um, it is what it is. Uh, We'll see if, um, you know, if the supers get another chance next year there i i'm assuming they will mss will be a part of uh that show again if you know wherever it gets held i'm not sure it would be at irp but we'll see um but i think there is some interest in doing another indiana show it's just um but you gotta have participation i know this was a tough year um so hopefully by next year we you know march or so we won't have this worry and then um and hopefully people will support because again you know there's there's not enough super modified racing as it is and and uh but this end of the season as you said star was great and uh thompson looks to be very good uh who do we know that's going from ismo what do we expect in terms of a car count there um are we expecting over 20 cars for for thompson at this point yeah definitely over 20 anywhere i'd say between 22 and 24 okay that's not too bad. Um, no. So no. most of the guys that ran Star, you're saying, will probably, except for the few we mentioned, will probably be back. I know DJ Schulich. I think Stout's going, aren't they? Well, I wanted to talk about that because, unfortunately, DJ and Trent were both going. And uh, last week we lost Rich Stout unexpectedly, passed away oh. last week, and they won't be making the trip out. So our oh, gosh. you know, condolences and thoughts and prayers for yes. the Stout family. Goodness. Wow. Um, okay, so um, so no DJ there. Uh, yes, we certainly. Uh, that's that's too bad, man. This is twenty twenty has just been an awful year in so many ways with that. Um, okay, so what does the list look like from Isma? So from Isma, uh, I can kind of go. I think I have it in order by number. So Anthony Nocella in the nine, <laughs> Chris Purley in the eleven, Kyle Edwards is coming all the way out from Ohio with oh, the eleven nice. E. Eric Emhoff in the 12, Joey Payne in the 14, Dan Bowes in the 25, Jamie Timmons in the 27, Bobby Chartier in the 29, Bobby Timmons in the 31, Ben Seitz in the 32, his first appearance of the year, Ryan Locke in the 37, Dave Dugan in the 51, Mike Nettishan in the 55, Mike Ordway Jr. in the 61, Kenny White in the 77, John McKennedy in the 79, and Ronnie Williams in the 97. And uh, yeah, you'll have uh, you'll have at least probably two of those doing double duty, I would imagine, uh, in the supers and the modifieds. So uh, should be yeah, 
should be interesting. I think Anthony probably will, and I'm sure John will. So, um, you know, that'll be fun to, to see that. And uh, good to see Ben Seitz with the Sewell car going out. And uh, good to see uh, Ryan Locke. It's, you know, we it's it's been kind of interesting to, you know, you think back uh, and to the, the year that Randy Ritzkis ran uh, for Locke at, at Oswego. And ever since then, of course, uh, you know, at that time, I think Ryan – either that year or the following year was already in quarter midgets and gosh you know he's already to the point where he's old enough to race the super modified and so another second generation driver which is really cool to see it is and a lot of people don't know this but jeff Locke is having a hawk super modified redone for him to race it's at hawksby's right now so he'll be coming to oswego yeah really in 2021 i think so they wanted to have him there last year like 2019 and it didn't happen they've had all year this year to get the car done so i think we're going to be looking at him at a swiggle next year i know for a few races in classic was what they were talking about oh wow okay that's great now if we could find a way to get joey Payne back to a swiggle with the tornado uh and Anthony in a car, that would really make it more fun. Um, it would. You know, again, that's uh, Anthony's a young driver. I think we all agree is extremely talented. Chip off the old block. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, I think we'd all like to see him in a super modified. So hopefully, um, you know, we could, uh, if not a big block, maybe a 350. But hopefully we could, uh, can get that, make that happen at some point. But that's good. That's good to see. Uh, Good to see that Ryan's going to be coming to Oswego. So, again, uh, that would be another, even though probably won't be a full-season run, it sounds like, but that would be another rookie. That would be another field. rookie, yeah. So, you know, good deal. That's uh, that's great to hear. Well, um, sounds like Thompson's in line for a good show. And, uh, you know, I, I, haven't, I haven't dared look at the forecast because the forecast for here is so bad that uh, – in a way, I'm kind of hoping it stalls out down here and it doesn't get to New England before <laughs> uh, before Saturday and Sunday because um, it is. I can tell you, this is where it's hurricane remnants and um, oh, geez. you know that's yeah. I mean that's you know where uh, Delta's coming and uh, of course we're not going to get anywhere near what uh, what the uh, the coast is is in line for. And my gosh, I mean how bad do you, you know. I just, uh, it seems like every other week now we're, we're praying for all the folks in Louisiana and I know. Alabama and Florida and, and that whole you know region because we, we've had three or four now hurricanes uh, come through there. But, yeah, um, that's I don't think there's going to be too much racing going on uh, in the state of North Carolina tomorrow or Sunday. So the NASCAR uh, set, which is at the Roval on Sunday, um is probably going to be racing all weekend in a very strong rain. So this should be <laughs> interesting, to say the least. Yes. If you like rain racing, then you're going to be in for a treat, because I think you're going to see IMSA and NASCAR. Everybody's going to be – they're all going to be running on the wets, as they say. And they call the rain tires uh, over in other countries. So uh, the wets will be on, and um, they'll be splish splashing around for three or four hours uh, running racing at, uh, at Charlotte. So that's, uh, that's what we're in for. Hopefully the weather's better up there. Um, it what, looks good. Sunny good. and 75. Oh, there we go. That's what I wanted to hear. Okay, good. So uh, now we, uh, I, I almost let us uh, get away without talking about the 350s, and I would have kicked myself for that. Um, 
because I enjoy letting you talk about who's going to be there, and then we just discuss it. So uh, we've got to at least, uh, what, two, three of our guys going out there. Yeah, and, and two races. It's, it's again, unfortunate they're on the same day. But yeah. um, I know that Craig Harris and Vern Lefebvre are going to the the 350 Super Nationals, yeah. the first 350 Super Nationals at Riverside, way up in New Hampshire. And going to Thompson are Mike Bruce and Cameron Rowe. Okay, so, uh, oh, we've got a split field then, so they're not all going to the same race. No. Interesting. Okay, well, um, you know, it, it, again, uh, I don't know what you I don't know how you deal with that, honestly, because uh, the 350s weren't supposed to be racing at Thompson originally when that other race at Riverside got scheduled. I don't believe the correct the 350s were the original. They they sort of fired the big blocks um, and brought in the 350s, and then the big block showed up at Star and said, "Hey, we still can put a lot of cars in the track. Um, we can have a good car count." And Thompson said, "Oh, gee, maybe we better." Uh, think twice about that so they brought back the big blocks but didn't fire the 350s so we have you know now we have two two 350 uh big shows the same weekend so well that's good maybe the uh, swiggle regulars uh can find a way to to go up and sweep them both that would be fun that would be something yeah um it's it's i think it's the first time in a really really long time if not ever that the 350s have been at thompson yeah, well, so, I'm not sure. Well, I don't want to say I don't. I don't remember them ever racing there. But I don't doesn't think mean so. they haven't. Um, yeah, I don't think so. So that'll be interesting to. That's yeah, a big track watch. for the 350s. Yeah, um, it is. It's a it's a big track. So you know, I I worry about motors and and all that good stuff. Yeah. I just hope everybody has a a good safe race, and I'm sure it'll be exciting. I think they're expecting a solid field there. I know they're looking at 25 cars for Riverside, so. Wow. Uh, it it should be fun. Yeah, it, it'll be nice to follow the 350 racing this weekend as well. And, For sure. And good luck to, to all of our guys. Um, John Tesserero, he was on the fence. I don't know if he's going to go or not, but if he goes, good luck to him too. Yeah. Uh, which uh, Do you know which track he was thinking about going to? Yeah, Thompson. Sorry. Okay. I okay. Well, no, it's, I mean, just, you know, fair enough. There's two shows. Um, yeah, so that would be uh, – That'd be fun. I mean, and again, it's it's just good that these shows are available, and um, this is it. I mean, somebody told me somebody told me the other day um, that uh, we basically have about two and a half months to Christmas, and I went, shut up, uh, you know, don't tell me about Christmas yet. It's barely no, the beginning of October. I mean, we've been talking a lot about. Um, the national indoor cart championship that I announce every Thanksgiving in Batesville. And, uh, that's about as far out as I care to think right now, because it's hard to believe that <laughs> on one hand, I just want this miserable year to be over. But on the other hand, it's like you hate to rush time because it goes fast enough as it is. So, um, hold off on your Christmas decorations just for a little while, y'all. Um, and, yeah. Ugh. And, uh, uh, we, we will get there soon enough, but, uh, Camden always a pleasure and, um, happy to see you back out on the track and happy, 
most of all, that uh, your dad is uh, much improved and uh, kind of back on the grind again, and uh, hopefully nothing but uh, smooth sailing for a good while for him uh, and for you guys. And we'll uh, obviously catch back up with you next week. We shall have much to talk about uh, with all the racing in New England, plus uh, maybe another test. So it'll be fun to get back together and chat about all that. Absolutely. Thank you very much. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, I don't think we missed anything else. I, I was trying to look and see actually how many divisions that Ronnie Williams was running this weekend, and I just found out he is not only pulling double duty in the NASCAR Modifieds and the Supers, he's running five races oh in the my next goodness. three days. What else is he yeah. running? SKs, so probably. On Friday night, he's running the SK okay. at Stafford. Oh, and then Stafford. on Saturday... He goes over to Thompson, and he's going to run the SK there. He's also going to run the Sunoco modified feature on Sunday. On Saturday night, he's running the Bud Mod Open. And then on Sunday, he's running the NASCAR Tour Race and the Isma Race. Wow. Now, if the Bud Mod Open doesn't sound like something that ought to be going on at Oswego, I don't know what does. Uh, that's. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I think if somebody heard that and missed the context, they would go, wait, I thought Oswego. Yeah, they no racing here it's up there uh but that's that's cool man but see that's why i love the world series because you've got all those divisions um and i I, i've had the i think i I went to it twice if i remember correctly and um haven't been since um oh gosh um the early 90s um but it's always a good time just like uh star has a big race or used to sorry not star seekonk has a big race uh every year as well toward the year end uh i think it's the anthony vendetti memorial and they have a number of different divisions there it's always fun to watch those shows like that's why i always like the race of champions too but um you know uh i think thompson is just i i can remember going up there the first time i ever went there was probably late 80s i'm gonna say maybe it was could have been 90 um and i remember staying at a hotel called the yankee drummer was a was kind of an old old victorian style hotel um really cool really enjoyed that and i can remember it was it was warm enough um on the day that we got there which i think was friday that um, my brother and I actually went and found a uh, a football somewhere at a, at a store somewhere and ended up throwing the football in the in the parking lot of the hotel for a while. It was just that was it's just a fun trip. I think it's about six hours or so, maybe six seven from from um, from Oswego. Does that sound right? Uh, it's five. Five. Yeah. Okay. I knew it wasn't far. Um, you know, it's a pretty simple trip and, you know, it was always an enjoyable trip, but God almighty, there been, I think the last time I went up there, I had, um, I think I had two sweatshirts on and a heavy jacket. <laughs> so it was like, there was no football throwing that day. Uh, and I had been back since, so I kind of, you know, I'm sure there's been, there've been times there when it snowed. Uh, so you never know what you're going to get basically, but this, this year, obviously spectacular racing weather. And I hope everybody, uh, not just the Oswego guys, but, um, all the drivers that are running up there, I hope are safe and, and, uh, hope it's some good racing and wish everybody safe travels and look forward to getting back together with you on next week's uh, Inside Groove, and we'll chat some more. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. 
I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math or science person. No excuses, no problem. It's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Helping people start an IT career is their thing. If you don't absolutely love what you do, go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an information technology professional in as little as four months. Attend classes on campus or live online just two or three times a week to get what you'll need to start your new career. More than just a school, My Computer Career helps you get into the industry by working with hundreds of employers that hire their students. My Computer Career is nationally accredited and financially it is available for those who qualify, including the GI Bill. Classes start soon, so go take the career evaluation now at mycomputercareer.edu. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Welcome back Hello? to Inside Groove. As we continue with this week's show, we have got uh, Craig Harris joining us now. And uh, happy that we could uh, kind of fit Craig into the schedule for this week because uh, Craig is coming off what I consider to be a pretty fantastic performance given the fact that uh, he and Mike Barbera have just reunited with a car that neither of them had all that many laps in. Um, Mike uh, and Craig sharing the driving duties at a Swiggo and a Fast Friday test session and then saying, you know what, let's take this sucker to Riverside and go see if we can get us a win. And by gosh... They almost did. Craig Harris, welcome to Inside Groove. It's good to have you on the new version of the Groove. I think we had you uh, on maybe one of the very uh, last Inside Groove shows we might have done up uh, in New York. But at any rate, good to have you on this program. And congratulations on a really strong run, man. That had to feel awfully good to get back behind the wheel in a competitive environment and go right out against a bunch of guys that you've never raced with before and finish second with a real shot at the win. Yeah, you know, that was uh, it was a really good weekend. Uh, it was kind of a neat allure to go up there because, you know, we, we showed up, and I'll tell you the truth, I, I, I don't know any of those guys, uh, n- not even, you know, really know their names at all. So, uh, you know, to show up and uh, kind of just not know what to expect and uh, know that we had a good, solid piece and, uh, you know, to, to come away with, uh, with second place, we were pretty happy about that. You know, I, I really think we – had a little more in the car. Uh, we just, you know, kind of over-adjusted a little bit, but uh, the car reacts really well. So, uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun. Okay, so let's back up here a little bit because uh, f- for those listening to the show uh, who may not quite know the history, you and Craig originally got together for a classic a few years back when Craig still owned uh, I'm sorry, you and uh, and, and Mike uh, got together for a classic back when Mike still owned uh, his Super Modified, which was a uh, former Muldoon car, I do believe. And um, you ran it for a classic and did a really, really nice job, I thought, for having no real experience in a big block Super Modified. And then um, Mike uh, sold that and was out of racing from the car ownership side for a little while. And now, um, suddenly back in, um, can you kind of walk us through your sort of whole story with Mike um, in somewhat of a capsule form? But uh, tell us how you got kind of hooked up with Mike the first time. Feel free to talk about the classic a little bit because that had to be special for you. And then uh, bring us through to how this second chapter in your story with him kind of got underway. Yeah, so so Mike and I uh, we we go back quite a quite a long time. Um, 
when we were, uh, I can remember 13, 14 years old, going to Oswego Speedway and going in the pits. Uh, you know, at that time, my father and I, we went with autos every, every week. Uh, so, you know, we, we showed up with auto and, and Mike would come with the furlong gang. Um, so, I mean, you know, that's going way back uh, to probably around 1999, 2000. And uh, that, that's when we met, uh, you know, we were about the same age and uh, started palling around a little bit and, uh, you know, kind of sharing, you know, stories of w- what we were doing on, on each car. And uh, then I actually, when I went to Oswego, uh, Oswego State for uh, college, I um, got together with Mike a little bit and I would work with him um, with top quality construction. So, uh, oh, wow. I mean, we, we've been, <clears throat> yeah, so we, we've been friends for, you know, for a lot of years. Um and it just so happened that after he bought his car, um, he, uh, you know, he, he ran it when he did. And uh, Classic came around that one year, and, and we had a discussion. I, I think at first it was kind of, you know, joking around, hey, you want to do something? And uh, and it, it came to be where we did. And uh, w- w- with, you know, in mind that I knew he wanted to sell the car after that Classic. And I think maybe even just having it out there um, was maybe part of his plan to be able to sell the car to kind of put it out in, you know, in, in front of an audience and, you know, and uh, just to know that it was for sale and uh, to maybe help the sale of it. And, you know, so we ran that classic. Uh, we, you know, it, it was a big learning curve because I had been on the Swigo in that small block super uh, for a, a lot of years and, and a lot of different cars there. And, you know, to jump into something like that, um, it is quite a bit different of a race car. Um, and you know, we had a decent amount of speed and, and we, we made all the laps and I, I believe we ended up 15th that day. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a one-off thing and we knew that going in. So, uh, you know, we, we deemed it successful and, uh, and went on from there, but, uh, <clears throat> yeah. And then, then, uh, you know, I've been doing the modified thing for the last couple of years, traveling around a little bit, um, with, with our own family tour type modified. And then, uh, last year I was with a, weekly modified team up at Evans Mills uh, that Ron Blair owned that car. And uh, then I kind of had the same plans this year, but we all know how that kind of ended up. And yeah. so I've been running the tour car a little bit. And Mike has uh, always still been an avid fan. You know, he was at Star Classic uh, a few weeks ago and sent me a message, I, I believe, on the way home or right when he got home and said, you know, hey, I, I might want to do something. And uh, it all came together kind of really quick after that. And you know, what do you know, a month later, we're, we already got our first race under our belt. So, you know, that's kind of the, the short side of it. But, uh, you know, Mike and I have been friends for a long time, and it's just uh, it's been kind of a natural uh, partnership as, as we've, you know, n- now looking at new endeavors here. So looking forward to it. Yeah, a little bit of a, a twist. I mean, I had talked to Mike yesterday at some length, um, and uh, he was kind of explaining – from his perspective, kind of your whole background, but he didn't mention that you actually had worked for him uh, for a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So you've gone from um, uh, construction to uh, now being a teacher, right? Uh, talk a little bit about that before we get back to the racing. Yeah, sure. I, yeah, and I was at, I was at Oswego State as a technology education major, so you know that was my that was my plan. But when I was up there, didn't have much going on, and. Uh, you know, to be honest with you, I probably need some extra money in college. I that, that's when I hooked up to Mike um, to do that. But yeah, I'm, I'm a uh, technology education instructor here um, in Fort Plain. Uh, that's near home, and okay. uh, I also am, uh, am an aspiring fabricator. I mean, I've been doing my own stuff for a, a while. You know, building bodies and, and such. Um, oh wow! For my own cars and, and some different things, and and uh, I've just launched a uh, 
uh, kind of a new endeavor. Um, it's called uh, Turnpike Tin Works, and I, I make some trailer, uh, brake trailer accessories and storage solutions and uh, stuff like that. So, I, you know, I, I, that's something I do in the summer and, and when I'm not at, in the classroom. But, uh, you know, so that's, that's where I am, and, and maintaining race cars is, is kind of my passion as well. So I guess that's another reason that's it's sort of a natural thing for Mike and I, um, for me to be able to, to work on the car and, uh, and to be a big part of that. That's, uh, that's a really good fit for me. I was going to get to that because that was one of the things that um, Mike told me about was that uh, part of the arrangement is that you guys will keep the car at your shop and do uh, a good majority of the work on it. Uh, And it seems like that's a great arrangement for you and for him as well. Um, How how does it work out in terms of your balance of time? Because obviously the school day is a is a fixed amount of time and then is it kind of straight to the shop or how does that work out for you? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of used to being in the shop anyway. Um, so, you know, when I leave here at, after three o'clock, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of onto my, onto my race life. So, you know, so to speak. So I, I go home and spend <laughs> a bunch of time in the shop and, uh, you know, what's really nice is, you know, as, as you know, my, my school year gets done, you know, in June. So, you know, I, I joke with, with my friends that I'm a full-time race car driver in the summertime, and that's kind of, you know, that, that's, sure. that's my focus is, is the race car stuff. So, so once we leave school, it's, um, you know, it's, it's another another story because I have all the time in the world for that. So, uh, you know, and and, I'm, and honestly, other than that, too, this year I, I traveled with a really good friend of mine that has a Whalen Tour modified team. So, uh, you know, I, I just, uh, it's one of those things if I'm not working on my own race car, I, I like to be working on a race car. I, I You know, I love the sport, and uh I'd love to be involved however I can. So, you know, very involved. Uh, my, my, my son has a quarter midget too. So we practice with oh, him wow. a bunch this year and haven't really raced a bunch, um, yet. We're going to, we're going to start off next, next year, but, uh, yeah. So, you know, we kind of, we're, we're consumed by race cars, so to speak, but, uh, I, I don't mind that. And, and I have the support at home and the, uh, you know, the support with, with the team that comes with me every week, uh, you know, some of them come to the shop, some of them come to the racetrack, but everybody has, has a role and, and it fits really well. Syracuse uh, Quarter Midget Club, look out. Second generation Heron yeah. incoming uh, in 2021. Stay tuned. Uh, okay, so let's talk about the 350. So what was it like for you uh, to get into that car? Because, of course, that's a new experience for you. You've driven a big block super. You've driven a uh, an SBS car for a bit uh, with uh, Tom Osrud in, in the group, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, and so, but you, but you hadn't had any time in the new 350 division. What what was that like for you uh, to get into that car out of the modified, basically? And tell us uh, what those cars are like to drive in general. Yeah, I, they're a ton of fun. I mean, the first time I was in the car to Swigo a couple weeks ago, I, you couldn't wipe the smile off my face. I, it might <laughs> might be the wing, you know, just getting getting used to that wing is sure is uh, you know, is, is, it's a little bit of a of, of a learning curve, and you just got to learn to trust it, you know, because you can definitely drive it quite a bit harder than you could have you know, with a wingless car or, you know, an SBS car or, and even a modified. And what I kind of really like about the 350 so far is I, I'm finding that obviously the, the distance of the races aren't as long as I'm used to with the modified now, Okay. And, you know, everything with the tour car is, is a hundred to 150, you know, or plus laps. So, um, I, my, I think my driving style tends to a little more, um, a little more, you know, on the aggressive side when it comes to driving the race car and getting all its guy out of it. Um, you know, sometimes I feel like I need to work on my aggression with, you know, 
in traffic, but at the same time, I, the modified is, uh, was something I really had to tone everything down and kind of save tires, save, you know, save the car for the right. end of the race, save brakes. Um, whereas the 350, you know, you don't use much brake for one, but you know, <laughs> you, uh, you, you really can get all the, the cars got, um, you can get the, you know, everything out of every lap and, and you're up on the wheel with those cars. I mean, you're, you're really, you know, you're really challenging yourself to, to get everything out of the car and uh, man it's just a lot of fun and uh you know it's uh it's something that uh i, I guess I, I compare it a little bit of the handling to the wingless super you know the center steer thing that's uh that is a little bit of, of a change from the modified so you know that, that that is similar to the big block but uh but yeah the wing is 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 really the the major factor that that i feel whereas uh is a learning curve and i mean even though we went out and finished second i we still have a lot to learn well, I'm curious about Riverside because I'm not familiar with that track. Talk a little bit about uh, what that track was like to race on. Uh, you certainly figured yeah, it, it was, out it pretty was, quick. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty neat. I mean, I, I didn't even, I tell you the truth, I hadn't even heard of it um, before that. And that was, I thought, a little unorthodox because we've been all over the place, you know, racing. And yeah. Actually, this summer we were up in, uh, we were up near there at White Mountain Speedway with our oh. modified. And um, so, you know, I was... I was up around that area, and I I still never even heard of this place. And uh, I I do remember it being called Speedway 51, yes, and yeah. I didn't correlate that they were the same. But um, yeah, it was a neat place, uh, like a third mile, I believe. Um, pretty high banked, and uh, you know, sort of a the back stretch was sort of a circle. But uh, man, I'll tell you, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. You can carry a lot of speed. It, it, there isn't really, you know, a, a tricky part of the track. It was you carry a bunch of speed and and um, you can run the top you can run the bottom it was uh it was it was a pretty racy little place well it uh it certainly proved racy for you uh i i had the impression from mike that you felt like maybe i could have drove it in a little harder there right at the end but uh you know uh, it was probably wiser that you just uh aired on the safe side second was a great way to come out of the box right and now you you know you can focus on uh tweaking rather than uh fixing damage (laughs) Yeah, no, well, well, absolutely. I mean, I'm when it comes to that, I I, I tend to try to be smart on the racetrack when yeah. I'm on other cars, and uh, and you know it was one of those things where I could have dove really, really late under under the 14 car there to 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 get the lead with like four to go on a restart on the back stretch. I you know I, I went into one and I was ahead of him a little bit, but he rotated the center much better, and uh, with the, we had a little bit of a tight race car all all uh, all feature, so uh, we, it, it didn't really go away too much. Um, and I was able to shoot underneath him going on the back stretch, and I, I had a wheel under him, but it wasn't enough to to be comfortable. If if I did run in there, we would have we you know we would have locked up together, and who knows what would happen. So uh, so I'm kind of glad that you know looking back, even though I've had a couple of nightmares since then, I'm, <laughs> I'm, you know I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm glad we we backed out and we're we are where we're at because we still have a race car under us to uh, you know to keep learning and, and go to Oswego next year for sure. Uh, okay, I want to back up for a minute because I just thought about a question. You're being that you teach technology. Are you able to uh, incorporate anything from your racing? Any of the knowledge? Any of the? Are you able to use any examples? Uh, can you can you sort of marry those two together at all for the students? Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, I I use it all the time, and it, it comes up in conversation all the time. And and if it isn't actually in you know a lesson or or, or a topic. You know that there's there's racing pictures hanging up, you know, and, okay. and, and so students ask questions anyway, you know. So, awesome. um, we're uh, you know we are in dirt country down here. Some of my kids go to Fonda, you know. Some of my kids, oh, nice. uh, you know, get, get, go to go to a bunch of dirt racing around here. And but you'd be surprised though. There's a few that are 
are kind of well versed on the pavement scene too so as far as you know going as fans or whatnot so uh you know we have a bunch of discussion and uh you know I, sometimes i find myself just talking racing with a couple kids coming in and uh you know just to do just that but yeah you know that's okay but but yeah absolutely it's a big part of the classroom and and uh, you know it, you know it, it comes up comes up quite a bit well, that's pretty awesome, and it's great to see you back in a car. Now, um, you're going to, I'm assuming, you're chasing the Oswego Championship next year, and uh, Mike did say that you may possibly make some return trips out to the New England area for some shows out there as well. Yeah, I think, you know, we'll definitely focus on Oswego, um, and that, that that is our, our primary focus. And uh, we'll see how things go, you know, if everything stays together. And I, I feel like we are in a good spot. And, and Mike, Mike feels like we're in a good spot. And, you know, maybe we'll go uh, and hit some other shows and support Don Burke out there or uh, your star or, or somewhere else, you know, wherever is racing. But, uh, you know, like I said, I, I, I think that's we go is, uh, is our main focus. And, and we want to make sure that we can bring the best race car and, and parts and team to those races and then go from there. Um, as far as the team, though, man, I'll tell you, we, we have so much excitement. Um, it, it's really been kind of a breath of fresh air the last month or so now, and I guess three weeks. You know, there's been a lot of people that want to be involved. Um, you know, Mike, of course, the top quality construction is on the side of the car. Uh, his brother, Dustin, with Premium Construction Services, he's on the side of the car. Uh, Class Cheese, we, we actually went and did a show there last week. They're on the side of the car as well as DNS Landscaping. And, and just all of, all of my guys that put in a lot of effort just to uh be to the racetrack and it's just it's kind of like hey, i don't know how many times i've heard you know it's kind of like we're going home we're going back yeah. to we go it's kind of you know even though we are two hours away from that place it's it's refreshing to you know to walk in the gate there a few weeks back absolutely and, man and, and see see familiar faces you know and just uh and then just feel kind of welcomed again so that was kind of neat yeah, it's been uh, it's something I look forward to three or four times a year coming up from Carolina here, and just uh, obviously I've been able to do that this year, which is not fun, but uh, we yeah. will stay yeah. optimistic that uh, 21 will get better. And, and so where does the modified uh, part of your career fit into this new situation with you and Mike? Are you planning still to try to race uh, a modified when you can, or is it pretty much just focusing on the three, uh, 350 Super for next year? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna definitely you know focus on the 350 at Oswego and and you know whenever we else we fit that in. But I we're, we are gonna keep our our family owned tour modified. And uh, the nice part about that is there's a lot of spring shows and a lot of fall shows with those cars. Yeah. Um, and there there you know there's some midweek shows too um, it, throughout the throughout the summer. So you know it, my goal would be to be successful at Oswego and then still run our car you know a handful, okay. half dozen or more times with. with uh, you know, with our own stuff, um, we're uh, all those open shows that they call them out and on the East Coast. They're kind of picking up, on, and Stafford has, you know, I, I think they had six this year. Um, you know, and some other yeah. tracks are kind of having their own open competition, so to speak, tour modified style shows. And uh, you know, and even ROC maybe an option a few races here and there. I, I did an ROC race this year at Lake Erie. Um, and the Valencia or MR, MRS, the modified oh, yeah, they, there. Yeah. I, I, I raced with them once this year and I had a lot of fun with them. So, you know, it's it just kind of, I guess it'll, it'll fit in where it does, but, uh, I, I really want to get better with those cars. Like you, you go up that way and, uh, or you go anywhere with a tour type modified and so much, so many of those guys have so much experience oh, yeah. behind them and, uh, and, you know, and resources that, uh, to be able to go and, and race with those guys and, 
and, you know, we're not near the pinnacle yet of that of the modified world. But you know, to be able to go and, and continue to learn, I uh, I think it'll be neat if we can, you know, eventually put together some really good runs and and kind of just uh, just continue to learn with that car. So, and we're in no rush. You know, we have the 350 thing now, especially. So, we'll um, you know we'll do that when we can. Um, we uh, like I say, I was I was with Ron Blair at Evans Mills last year, and that was a good experience too um, with his modified because every Saturday night at the end of the year and, yeah. and have a little experience with that car. And um, so that helped help my modified, um, you know, experience a little, a little bit. And then, uh, you know, so we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll keep gaining on that as well. But, but the focus is at Oswego every week and, and we, you know, we won't miss an Oswego show to go race modified next year. That's for sure. Well, we're looking forward to having you at the big O again, you and Mike back together and uh, certainly should be a looking like it's going to be a really, really uh, big sophomore season for the 350 Supers. A lot of new interest and still getting new interest uh, even as we get into the wintertime here and uh, hopefully a dozen or more cars before uh, the season opens up next year. So that should be a lot of fun and uh, appreciate you taking some time to talk with us. I know that uh, you've got some other things to get to here today, but congratulations. Congratulations on a great run. Good to have you back uh, in a fire suit and competing. And I look forward to talking with you again as we uh, get closer to the opening of the uh, Oswego Speedway season next year. I appreciate that. You know, and it's it, it's it's something that this all came together so quick. And, and there's so many people that jumped on board. You know, like I said, Mike and his brother Dustin and, and Mike's family, uh, Lisa and, and his daughters as well. That yeah, everybody's been so supportive. You know, of course, this takes a lot of time. Yeah. Um, and, and my parents are involved. Um, my wife and my son and uh, just been huge. He's been at Mike's shop, at my shop, or, or you know, and at all of our races. He's he's really been a big help as usual. Um, along with you know Dan and Chuck and all of my guys, Devin, Zach, uh, Cody, everybody that comes out and hangs out. It's uh. It's it's such a team effort, and uh, yeah, I'm really lucky and, and fortunate to have these guys. Uh, you know, believe in me a little bit to to put me behind a race car uh, wheel. So uh, yeah, man, I'm excited. Well, brand new uh, 350 super modified team gets formed. Already gets a second place finish. And now uh, gets the whole winner to contemplate uh, what can happen next year when the Big O uh, season gets underway. That is Craig Harris, and we're going to step away when we come back. Uh, more of Inside Groove. Stay with us. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. Beware of telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you. Call is threatening you with arrest or other legal action and demanding money are not from us. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Do not provide them with any form of payment or information. Report the call at oig.ssa. Welcome back to Inside Groove as we continue with episode 63, which, by the way, the number 63 for me was basically a huge blank. The only one I could think of was George Herbison, who I believe, if I remember right, made his debut at Oswego in the former Ritzkis owned Clyde Booth car, which would I think be the last one that Clyde had in the mid-80s for Warren Conium. And that is the only 63 I could come up with in my head. And I really tried hard to think about this. Um, So there may have been uh, more. If anybody knows more, you can add to it. I got one, and and my bullets, I'm out of bullets. So... (laughs) 
Um, this show belongs to George Herbison until somebody can prove me wrong. Okay, let's talk about uh, the 2005 International Classic, shall we? This was a, a really interesting field of cars for this race. I feel like there was a palpable youth movement that year, um, along with a good mix of old old veterans and of course uh we we had uh, really an amazing race that year i thought um as we look at the 2005 field you just look at some of the guys that were entered who were fairly new i mean you had brandon bellinger uh you had keith champagne um, you know, these guys, some of these drivers, Andy Noda was in the field that year. Uh, Bobby Magner was in the field. I'm not sure he had run too much before that. Um, you know, there were a number, Danny Kapazinski, a number of younger guys. And you had, this was uh, this year also in 2005, you had a really good mix of former limited drivers that had moved up. Timmy Guru was in the field. Of course, Furlong, we all know about. Um, Bobby Goodermout was in the field. Uh, there were a number of guys that, that came up from the, the SBS cars. Keith Gilliam, uh, was in the field as well. Um, so there were, it, it was, it was a really interesting group. Sean Muldoon, uh, was in the one car that year, uh, driving for his brother, Mike. You had both, <clears throat> excuse me, both Joey and Johnny Payne in the field. Returning veterans, Doug Didero who was driving the Sorel 08 that year. You had Dave McKnight in the 7 car, which I think was one of the May cars, the former Didero Matzik red cars, as I like to call them. Um, and uh, Joe Gozik was, of course, still in the field with, uh, he was driving the, the Jeff Carson 27 that year. Um, you know, there were a number of, of drivers. Michael Barnes was new. That year to uh, to the field in the 85 car, the Whitcomb car, um, that uh, Danny Kapazinski had driven the year before. Danny was in the uh, Bliss 65 in 2005. Um, Bentley Warren was uh, there in the 22, and uh, Doug Havron was there in the um, 01 car. And, you know, again, uh, was... Uh, you know, this was a, a really interesting classic, just a lot of variety. Uh, if you look at the starting lineup, I mean, you know, when when Doug Heveron doesn't make a classic through time trials, that says something. And you and you look at the field, and again, the mix is obvious. Um, Greg Furlong got the pole that year with a new track record of 16601. Um and one of the biggest surprises was Todd Stoll outside pole sixteen nine eight seven, um, and and uh, again almost a three tenths of a second gap from the pole to the outside pole, which was really interesting. And they were the only two under seventeen seconds that year. Mike Ordway started third in the booth car with a seventeen one two two, and then uh, fourth was um, Mike Lichty again, another young racer. Uh, he was driving the uh, 74 car out of uh, his dad's stable with a 17196. They were your top four. And then um, we'll give you the time for fifth, too. That was Dave McKnight in the seven seventeen two six six. So obviously about a six-tenth of a second 
difference between the pole time that Furlong ran that year and um, fifth place at 17-2. Um, let's see, Lavery, Pat Lavery qualified sixth with the uh, strong car. Randy Ritzkis was seventh. He was driving for Howie Lane, I think, that year, the 97. Um, Timmy Snyder was eighth. Doug Didero was ninth. Qualifying tenth was Jerry Curran in his 24. And then uh, row six, we have Bobby Magner in the 40. And the 25 of Bobby Bond. Row seven was Jeff Holbrook in the 70. And Pat Abold in his final classic, uh, driving the 95 car. Um, let's see. Row 8 would have been... Uh, I'm trying to find 15 here. Doug Kells, Barber Boy in the uh, 39. Qualified 15. Joey Payne next to him in 16th. Row 9 was Otto Sitterly and Bill Perry's car. And that is really where... I know Otto had uh, run well in the Limiteds and, um, and, and you know, what he had driven prior to that. Um, you know, no question that Otto was, was a talented driver, but what really sold me on Otto was that he took that car and turned it into a race car. I mean, he really, uh, he ran so well with that car. Um, next to him in row nine was Bentley Warren in the 22. That was the, uh, uh, that was the car that, uh, Bob Hofer owned, I believe at the time. Um, Doug Haveron had driven it the year before as a furlong team car. And actually, I guess it was still in the furlong stable that year in 2005. They, they had Bentley running it, I guess. Uh, let's see. Next row was Ray Graham in the 90 and Timmy Garou, a couple of, um, guys who had moved up from the limited super division, what they call the limiteds back then, now SBS. Joe Gozik was 21st with the uh, 27 car. Brandon Bellinger, the rookie, 22nd. And then in row 12, Sean Muldoon in the 1 and Goodermout in the 77 were the final two out of uh, qualifying. Uh, let's see. The guys who didn't make it, Andy Noto in the 19, Craig Ravals in the 94, Kelly Miller, the 81, Michael Barnes, the 85, John Hannes in the 36, Gary Morton in the 96, uh, Keith Champagne in the 4, Mark Salmon in the 86, uh, who else we got, Doug Haveron, <clears throat> excuse me, Doug Haveron in the 01, Bobby Haynes in the 44, <clears throat> Keith Gilliam in the 87, John Teresi in the 91, Danny Kay didn't make it in the 65, these are not in order by the way of their times, I'm just reading through the list here. Johnny Payne in the 66, and Rick Coyle in the 55. Interesting. Okay. Um, and Jamie Letcher. I missed him, too. Jamie Letcher in the 58. Um, his time was disallowed for a wrong tire. I wonder what in the world that was. Um, I don't remember that. Okay. So uh, that was your qualifying. And then when we got into the race, uh, I mean, again, this, you know, when you when you, when you look at the finish of a race, sometimes it doesn't necessarily tell the entire story. But um, you know, Greg again, Greg Furlong dropped back and just kind of, you know, Greg was already by then a seasoned classic runner, multi-time winner, and understood how to do this. He really took his time, and 
you know, understood that you, you needed to manage the race car if you didn't want to make a pit stop. He never did, and I always respected him for that uh, because I, I was, was never a fan, and, and I'm still not, of pit and win. I think the classic is an endurance test, and you should, um, you should look at it as such. Uh, but uh, just after 150 is when Greg took off. Um, and it was an interesting time at the track, too, if you think about it, uh, because his dad, Pat uh, Furlong Sr. and Steve Joya, um, were second-year track owners at that time. Um, and so it was really interesting to see how uh, they kind of you know, did things and whatever. So this was... An interesting time, but the race itself was much a typical classic. I mean, you know, the long and short of it is that uh, Greg dropped back um, and uh, just kind of hung out. And then after 150, he took off and ended up uh, taking the lead. And that was his fourth classic win in seven years that he picked up. Um, You know, it was uh, it was really uh, really interesting. I mean, you had, uh, of course, you know, Mike Lichty was in the field and, and ran up front for, you know, for a good bit. Um, you know, Randy Ritzkis, uh, also had a good run early in the race. McKnight had, had ran strong. Uh, you know, Mike Ordway was running really well. Um, I mean, you know, the first hundred laps or so, uh, you know, we had, uh, we had a, a few caution flags. Morton was out early, um, and, uh, see who else here, uh, multi-car, uh, Tim Guru, Keith Gilliam, Bob Goodenrout, Pat Lavery, and Keith Champagne all involved on lap 61. Um, Champagne, Lavery, and Guru were able to continue. Sean Muldoon and Jerry Curran got together on lap 72. So at, at the 100 lap mark, it was Ritzkis, McKnight, Ordway, Furlong, and Mike Lichty in the top five. Um, but again, uh, the, the attrition continued, um, it, uh, it, it ended up, uh, Tim Snyder ended up in a crash, um, and, uh, man, it was, uh, that crash on 109 triggered a multi-car accident, uh, that knocked out Snyder, Joey Payne, Joe Gozik, and Bobby Magner, um, Bentley and Todd Stoll had to restart after pit stops, but they were able to keep going. Uh, Abel, Bond, and Heveron all involved, um, but restarting in their original positions without a stop. And so, uh, again, as we got to 150, Ritzkis was out front. Uh, McKnight, Furlong, Didero, and Lichty. And then uh, Didero started to go and really kind of, as as uh, we say, called Furlong's bluff a little bit, and the two of them took off to the front, um, and so Furlong basically uh, just went for it and got it, and again ended up, uh, man, um, ended up taking a, a, a huge classic win. Daryl did finish second. Um, Ritzkis was third. McKnight fourth. Lichty fifth. So we had. Uh, we had basically two Americans and three Canadians in uh, the top five. That's that's not something that uh, you see every year in the Classic, for sure. Canada had a good year that year. Um, Bentley finished sixth. 
Uh, Bobby Bond was seventh. Hevron was eighth. And, and again, this was with the 01 car that was the the newer of the two LaProg cars built in the early 80s. So that would have been the car that Bentley drove in 1983 to win the championship and ran in the Classic as well. Uh, Craig Ravals finished ninth. And Brandon Bellinger wound up uh, finishing in 10th. So that was... Uh, that was how it went in 2005, uh, and it, it was interesting to note that Hevron, again, with that, that eighth-place finish, and, you know, you think to yourself, okay, well, that was quite a feat with that car, and and it was, but then the next year, in 2006, he finished third, and I actually, I, I lied. I said this was Abold's last classic, 2006 was his last classic. The following year, Furlong won again in 2006. Mike Ordway finished second. There was Dougie. Uh, Clyde Booth with really what could be the quote of the century when Clyde remarked after that race that Doug brought a quarter horse to to the Kentucky Derby. No, sorry. Havron brought a donkey to the Kentucky Derby and finished third. Um, And uh, Furlong Ordway, Havron abled fourth in his final uh, classic event. Kapazinski finished fifth. Good run for Danny Kaye that year. That was in 2006. Um, So, again, that was uh, 2005, I feel like, was sort of the... um, the dawn of a new age, if you will, because we were smack in the middle of the furlong uh, era, but we also were seeing some guys like Otto, like Brandon Bellinger, like Keith Champagne. Uh, you know, Danny Kay did not develop into a regular driver over a long period of time, but always very capable. You have Michael Barnes. Um, <clears throat> you know, again, it was kind of a good cross-section, and, and by that year, in 05, the Limiteds had really uh, been effective at uh, sending several drivers up into the big blocks, and that's something, obviously, that we all would like to see uh, the 350 class do eventually as well, and so we'll have to uh, wait and see how that works out. So a bit of an abbreviated look at 2005, but uh, there you have it. Greg Furlong, fourth win in seven years next week. On our next show, episode 64, we will have uh, 2010. We'll look back at uh, Classic 2010. And then, of course, the following show will be 2015. And then we'll be caught up because there was no 2020, sadly. Um, So hope that you enjoyed that. We're going to uh, step aside. When we come back, Cam 2 will be featured. (laughs) Camden Part 2 coming up. Uh, right after these words. Stay with us. You've seen the paintings. The Thanksgiving turkey being served at grandma's. The weathered farmer sending his baby-faced son off to college. Now be sure and write. The wise police officer sitting at the soda bar talking a young boy out of running away from home. Where are you going, son? Norman Rockwell didn't create the best in us. He just inspired the best. Inspiration. Pass it on. From the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. Welcome back to Inside Groove, and welcome back to Camden Proud. As uh, we hear from Cam for the second time on this show, which is not a bad thing. A double dose of Camden is never a bad thing. Um, 
And uh, we're going to talk uh, post-Thompson now and uh, post-Riverside. And you heard from uh, Camden earlier and talked about uh, kind of the wind-up to those shows. And then we heard from Craig Harris about his run in the Riverside portion of it to a, a really nice second-place finish. Uh, so, Camden, as we bring you back in to kind of recap everything, um, I guess we'll go ahead and start at uh, Riverside since – um, we had talked with Craig and I had a good chance to talk with Mike Barbera at some length as well. And, you know, after having the opportunity to speak with both of them, I'm pretty convinced that this is going to be a team to watch in 2021 at Oswego in the fight for the championship. Not only just because they showed a lot of speed out of the box, but, um, it's a really good car and, you know, those two just have really good chemistry and a good friendship, and I feel like this is really a team that uh, could be an, an early success story in the 21 season. Certainly, yeah. I'm glad you got the chance to talk to those guys. Uh, two great people, and they, they both only know one way, and, and that's the right way, and, and they're going to do it the right way, and, and I already have. Craig came out right off the bat and was, was really smooth, really fast at Oswego with the car, which wasn't really a surprise that he was smooth and fast i just didn't expect him to come out and go all the way out to riverside a track he's never even looked at before and against the toughest 350 super modified guys in new england who've been doing it a long while he qualified second and you know for 60 laps to hold your own and, and get p2 in, in that race it's a big event first year of it that's really impressive they they did a really good job and um, I'm, I'm happy for Craig, and, and there again, it's another SBS guy getting a shot in the Super. Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, it's an opportunity uh, for both of them, I think, to have um, a kind of success that they never got the chance to have in the Super because, of course, it it was uh, just a short-term deal there. So, uh, and I think, uh, really, one of the things that's going to make the difference here is that I know Craig is a very detail-oriented kind of guy. And, um, you know, obviously that's always the difference, right? The the, the preparation, um, I remember Nolan Swift saying, you know, all the time he would say that, you know, races are won and lost in the garage. And, you know, that car is going to come to the track every week ready to race uh, and, and looking pretty and, I think that's going to be a big difference uh, maker for for that team for next year. It should be uh, should be fun to watch, and it just was great to be able to uh, uh, talk to Craig and see that uh, Craig is back in action, and and uh, good to have Mike back as an owner too. Very passionate guy about what uh, <clears throat> excuse me what he does. So uh, let's run down talk, talk about the run down the top five for us from Riverside. Yeah, Jeff Battle won, picking up another big win this year. Yeah. 5,000 to win. That's the highest paying 350 show ever. I was going to say ever, right? Yeah, that's that's a huge payday for Jeff. And I don't think anybody's surprised when Jeff Battle wins at this point. I think we all know that he's uh, one of the, the, the top two or three in that uh, division right now. I agree. Yeah, Jeff's come on really strong, picked up a couple wins this year, and it seems like he always knows how to show up for the big races. Yeah. Winning the Classic at Oswego and and also a couple of the bigger shows to star this year. So he's 
he's really obviously coming to his own in that class, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he does in, in the Super Modified a bit more as we move forward. Yeah, me too, for sure. I I definitely like to see him spending more time in a big block. Super, who are the rest of the top five? Obviously, Craig getting second. Craig second, yeah, and Mike Collins third. Scott Watts was fourth, and Eddie Whitcomb Jr. rounded out the top five. Yeah, good to, good to see uh, Eddie have a nice run. Uh, you know, again, that's a division that I feel like is making a, a, a huge leap forward here. I'm not going to say grown because – it's been big before, and I think, but I think this is kind of another level with the Swigos 350s now starting to uh, really, you know, increase in car count and attention. More importantly, I think uh, you know that connection with Star and uh, the group out there is 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 going to get stronger as well. Um, they had a, what 17 was it 17 cars at Riverside. Uh, 22. 22. Okay, so they had 22 at Riverside, um, you know, which was a, a, a pretty deep field, um, you know, and we had some of our guys head up to New England, too. Um, of course, Craig ran Riverside, and then I think uh, uh, you had, was it Mike Bruce? Was he at Thompson, I think? Mike and Cameron were both at Thompson. Yeah, yeah. and they had a lesser car count, which was unfortunate um, always hate seeing these shows on top of each other because it, it just splits the car count. Riverside had a nice nice count, but Thompson didn't. Um, but it's still a pretty good race from what I understand. Uh, give us the details on that one. Bobby Timmons won that race. I, I did hear it was a, a pretty good event. And obviously yeah. for the, the 350 guys in New England, especially that probably grew up going to Thompson and have watched the big blocks there, really cool opportunity for them to go sure and was. actually race there. Uh, I know they're flat foot pretty much all the I way bet. around. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I'm I'm glad that it went well. They didn't tear anything up. And, you know, I was a little nervous about that, maybe tearing equipment up, hurting the motors. And yeah. it sounds like overall it did go very well. So Bobby Timmons picked up the win there. Mike Nettishin was second. Stephen DeFilly was third. Mike Bruce fourth. And Rich Eden fifth. And that was a, a great run for Mike. And, and really – uh, a fun top five there with uh, some guys that we've seen at Oswego before with Stephen Dufley and, um, and uh, you know, always uh, good to see the Timmons family having success. They've been around super modifieds and 350s a long time now. That's a generational thing. And, um, you know, it, uh, it doesn't always take quantity to make a race, but uh, you certainly don't like to sacrifice it if you don't have to. Uh, so hopefully – Going forward, um, you know, they can uh, avoid that as much as possible. When you only have so many cars to draw from, you don't like to start by immediately creating a division by having two shows on top of each other. No, That's never no, a good no. recipe. But uh, but congratulations to Jeff and Bobby on their wins. And, and uh, you know, again, I, I, Mike, Mike Bruce and, and Cameron Rowe and that whole group – um, I feel like you're going to come out of the box so strong next year. I, You know, the, as terrible as this year has been, it's been fun to watch some of the new teams and new situations that have been created out of out of it all, basically. And this is really kind of one of them because, um, you know, even as, as recently as a month ago, we were thinking uh, Mike was going to spend most of his time um, or at least dual time, I guess, between the SVS and the 350. And now 
that situation's changed a little bit, and uh, Mike uh, kind of gets a bit of an upgrade to the 350 program, uh, and Cameron Rowe does too with the stout car, and so now 350s seem to be the emphasis there, along with, uh, of course, uh, Rob Bruce going to be running the SBS division. So, you know, you kind of look at it and say, well, gosh, maybe in a year or so, you know, Robbie might end up, uh, maybe they're all in the 350s, which would be really cool. Probably, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. And I, I definitely think you're right that that's the, the focus there now is, is the 350s. I think going out and investing in that stout car was a big deal for them and Cameron getting a chance in that. Mike Bruce moving over to the hot car. Those are two really good cars. And for then sure. they still have the, the Craig Soper car, yeah. the, the Kerfing car. It's a former Kerfing car that Bob yep. Gutermount drove. So they're they're all good, capable cars in that class. I wouldn't be surprised to see Robbie in the third one as soon as next year. And then you also have Mike and Cameron going and jumping in the SBS from time to time as well. Yep. So it'll be really exciting to watch everything they're doing. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, just great to see uh, what Rich Worth and that whole group really have uh, put together there. That's a, They're a lot of fun and uh, a great uh, bunch of supporters of what's going on at Oswego in multiple divisions. Uh, okay, so we can talk about the uh, obviously the big block race. <laughs> Man, John McKennedy looks like... Uh, looks like a, a, the the unbeatable force right now. I mean, it's uh, it's amazing the last couple of races how flawlessly uh, he's actually run. It is really that's four in a row now. Yeah, for, for Isma dating back to last year, and he's three for three this year in each of the Isma events. And what a way to to kind of hook up with with the new sponsors and, and the new car owners. He's got the. The number changed this year. It's the car that he drove for a while for Lee and Pam, the 21. Yep. And it was renumbered to 79, redone over the winter uh, with Tim and Cheryl Lapine as new car owners. And they got to be really happy with, with what they've seen, winning the Ali Silva Classic, winning the Star Classic, and now the World Series. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, like I said, it's pretty amazing. I mean, I, I had the chance to watch the, the Star Classic and just the way that he drove that race. Um, you know, it wasn't that Jeff Abel won fast. But there was just no opportunity. I mean, John didn't make a mistake. He drove, uh, you know, I keep using the word flawless because it, it was really as perfect a race as you could could ask of a driver, especially at Star. Uh, and then to go to Thompson and win, I mean, it's, um, you know, he's kind of uh, thrown the gauntlet down that he's pretty much the guy. I mean, there's, you know, there certainly are a number of fast cars, and I know that we didn't have you know, some of the Canadian guys like Lichty and Samet and, and McKnight. But, um, you know, certainly I think McKennedy is the measure of everybody that uh, that did race. And, and those guys that I just mentioned, um, you know, when once they're able to get back in the mix, they're going to have to figure out how to catch him. I mean, I feel like he's kind of the man of the hour right now and uh, good for him. And he had a, you know, had a, a plenty of speed in the modified as well. I mean, that's a guy who can, you know, it seems like he can drive about anything you put in front of him. He can for sure. Yeah. And he's definitely the guy to be on the Isma tour right now. Yeah. He almost did not win. I mean, that was not a snooze fest by, Oh no, by not at all. Chris Purley and, and him put on a great battle. The last 10 laps, Chris actually started on the front row with, mm-hmm. with Otto and, and ran away until about lap 41. 
and they banged off of each other and in, in turn one and were, were side by side for a number of laps before John was finally able to get him. So he had his work cut out for him the other day. And it was nice to see Chris have a good run and, and run up front for a while, lead a lot of laps. And that was, that was a really good battle, but to go to Thompson and, and beat Chris Perley, who's won there more than anybody else. In I was going to say that's, that's a big accomplishment, especially it's still only the third race. You think about it with this team and what they've done. Wow. Well, yeah. And that's, that's kind of why we harp on it a bit. Uh, you know, Bentley Warren, uh, has been known to say, in fact, I think it's in his book too, that, uh, Chris may be the, the best supermodified driver he's ever seen. And, you know, that's high praise coming from one of the best supermodified <laughs> yeah. drivers anyone's ever seen, right? Um, but, uh, you know, Bentley teammates with Chris for a long time, and, and Thompson is one of those tracks that Chris has just been um, amazing at and, and had that track's number over the years. And, uh, you know, he, he like you said, he was there. But uh, he he just couldn't uh, he couldn't solve the the McKennedy equation, and that's uh, again it, it it almost feels like uh, I don't want to call it a transition of power, but certainly feels like uh, that at least in this moment John McKennedy is Chris Perley in a way, um, and uh, everybody's got to try to find that extra little bit to uh, to beat him. And, you know, but it was it was a good race and it, and it was fun to see uh, the Supers go out uh, with a, a, a really tight down to the wire race like that, especially given the circumstances of the year. Run us down, uh, run us down the rest of the finish for the Super Modifieds uh, at Thompson. Sure. Obviously, McKenzie picking up the win in the 79 yep. second, the 11 of Chris Purley. Third, the 97 of Ronnie Williams. That is really impressive. Huge. Big Huge. time. Yeah. I mean, Ronnie, for him to, as, as as young as he is and as relatively little experience as he's had, you know, overall, I mean, as, in, in compared to the Pearlies and the McKennedys of the world, for him to jump in and finish on the podium first time ever in a Super Modified, I think, says two things. Number one, um, he's got a tremendous amount of talent. Number two, uh, you know, it, it's a testament to Howie Lane and that group that they can, uh, you know, can put a driver in like that who's fairly green to a super modified and have him go out and finish that way. Absolutely. And he did not start up front. He started, no. he started deeper in the field and, and had to pass a couple of good cars. I mean, Mike Ordway, Otto Sitterly, yeah. if, if you're passing them, you're doing something yep. right. So he did, he did a great job. Uh, fourth was the 61 of Mike Ordway Jr., fifth and nine of, of Anthony Nocella and, and there again another guy for yep. super modified comes from the back passes a number of of again Edwards Sitterly former champions there um very 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 strong competitors that he went and and you know he, he was patient he did the right thing and and set them up and just you could see as the race went on that he was just getting used to it, seeing what kind of groove they were doing. These are guys he's never raced with before and just took his time, set them up, and, and got it done and brought home two top five cars, Ronnie Williams and Anthony Osella for, for Howie Lane. So he had to be thrilled with that. Oh, I'm sure. And, and again, you know, it's uh, for that team to be able to put two in the top five, let alone with guys, younger drivers that were, again, green to the super modifieds and go to the – you know, the fastest track there is with a wing uh, that they run and, um, you know, and, and pull off that kind of a, 
uh, a day. That's that's pretty stout, and uh, I think it shows the talent that both of those drivers have. Uh, and it was nice to see some crossover, and I hope maybe that's something we could see a little more of somehow uh, down the road. I know that again, there aren't a ton of owners, um, you know, anymore. Not as nearly as many as there has been in the past, but um, you know, always nice to see the opportunity for those drivers to cross over just the same as it is whenever, you know, one of the super guys gets a chance to go race and modify. But that was, that was definitely a good day for uh, both Ronnie and Anthony. And, you know, I still, uh, um, man, I hate that Doug Kobe couldn't uh, drive one of those because it, given how those two performed, you really wonder what Doug Kobe might have done. You know, <laughs> so maybe there will still be an opportunity down the road. What was the rest of the uh, top ten here? Uh, six to seven, Otto Sitterly. Seven thirty-seven, Ryan Locke. Eight hundred one, Dan Connors. Nine one e, Kyle Edwards. Ten fifty-two, Dave Danzer. So we, you know, the I think the real story there might be Ryan Locke, and and not, I agree. Not only for the fact that he drove his way again, another driver who came through the pack and drove his way to uh, seventh place, but also for the fact that um, word has it that Ryan may be spending at least some time at Oswego next year. Uh, and, you know, that would be fun because, you know, of course, uh, his dad's been around a while and, and, uh, we, we all remember Randy Ritzkis running, uh, for them at, uh, Oswego for a year or two. So, um, you know, it'd be fun to have Ryan, uh, get to the big O and, and spend some time there. Uh, so, uh, you know, that was a, a nice story there, I think. Uh, out of that uh, fifth to tenth place group, that Ryan was able to do that well again in in his first time, I think at Thompson in a super. Um, he's run, I, I think he's run a couple of super races, has he not? At smaller tracks, or was this his first one? He's run, I think, lead twice and start okay. twice. Yeah, I was going to say uh, he ran some of the this yeah. year. Okay, uh, but not uh, not anything the size of Thompson, and that's a nice run for him. And I think it uh, again shows that he is worthy of that opportunity and ready to be in the big block um, and uh, and and to uh, run with the big boys. So, what was the rest of the finish? Eleventh was the twenty-five of Dan Bowes. Twelfth, the fourteen, Joey Payne. 13th, the 13th, Bobby Timmons, the third, 1451, Dave Dugan, 1532, Ben Seitz, 16th, 88, AJ Lasecki, and Jamie Timmons got in a, I don't know if something broke or he got tangled up with somebody, but he wrecked in practice on Saturday, and unfortunately, he did not get the car fixed for Sunday, so he was a did not start. Okay. Um, so, again, not as many big blocks as maybe we would have liked, but still... No. Um, you know, a decent field and, and uh, a competitive race and some outstanding performances from some drivers that, uh, I mean, obviously the, the two that we mentioned with Howie Lane are both New England-based drivers that, you know, have a, a, uh, a growing fan base up there that I suspect multiplied by about five uh, after <laughs> that day at Thompson. And, um, you know, and then, of course, I think, you know, Locks run two um, establishes him as, as as a driver also that uh, is going to be a force to be reckoned with as uh, 2021 gets underway and he gets more seat time in that 37 car. So um, sad to say that uh, 
that's it for supermodified racing for the year. It, it doesn't seem um, possible that it's already the 16th of October as we tape this segment. But, um, you know, that's uh, that's it for the on-track action in terms of racing. However, um, this just in, <laughs> there is one more test in tune at uh, Oswego coming up tomorrow, a Super Saturday if you will, again, and uh, you will be back behind the wheel of the uh, 54 to uh, take some more laps, talk about uh, who's testing, and talk about your situation a little bit. Uh, also testing is, is Eric Iosto. He'll be able to get off work and be Not back working this week. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. good. <laughs> so that's good. Yeah. Uh, Vern Lefebvre, unfortunately, he was supposed to go to Riverside and had a problem with the car at testing the week before Riverside okay, and was not able to get it fixed. And I, I feel bad for Vern. Obviously, they put a ton of time into that car and have struggled with it this year. Unfortunately, they just have not been able to, to get it going to its potential, and I know to where Vern wants it to be. So I, I really hope he's able to get some good laps in tomorrow and just for once have something go his way this year because the – the mechanical failures and, and all the stuff he's had yeah. to deal with towing all the way down from way up in the North country for a test session and not even be able to get on the track was that's super disappointing. So I hope that they, they can hit on whatever is going on with the 97, but um, Noah Ratcliffe is coming back out for some more laps in the Good. SPS and Kelly Spalding too, in the 350. Hell. And uh, we've talked about uh, Kelly extensively here the last few weeks on the shows uh, just to see her, consistently making some progress is a really really nice thing and uh and the Ratcliffe family is is has jumped in in a big way with a couple of cars to um to go SBS racing so uh wish everybody uh a safe and successful super saturday tomorrow at the speedway and of course uh, again you're getting back in and uh you think maybe you found uh the fuel pickup issue that you were uh you were having in uh, last week's practice two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. We, we've been having it for a year now. It's, it's just, it's crazy. It's, it's the weirdest thing. It'll, it'll be fine and, and you'll go out and it just gets worse and it, it'll start and I'll have hope. And then I'll get to like <laughs> my 10th, 12th, 15th lap and it'll get worse and worse and worse every lap. And it's, it's been bugging us for a long time. I and mean, we have replaced everything in the fuel system and now we think it may be a venting problem. We we had John Coloca up and Dan Connors was up and we talked to to so many different people, Doug Bagdero, Todd Stoll, Paul Coloca. I mean I've talked to everybody, the whole pits and <laughs> figure it out. And just put our heads together, tried to, to talk to some people that obviously have knowledge and have been around a lot longer than we have. And yeah. we do think we, we narrowed it down the other day. So Let's hope because the car is good. It handled well the other day, and if we can eliminate that issue, I just want to get some some good laps in and actually work on adjusting the car. Yeah, well, and uh, obviously the last opportunity for the year uh, before uh, you got to put it away and uh, put the cover on it for 2021, uh, and then you are uh, off to parts unknown. Well, actually, no, we know where you're going. You're going to Norway again. Um, to uh, visit the girlfriend and uh, hang out for a few weeks, or, uh, and 
Uh, I know that you obviously you, you love it over there, and uh, we've seen the pictures and and uh, look spectacular. Um, you know, this has been one of those crazy years. Uh, you, you may hopefully we'll never have another year like this ever because it sort of feels like you have in your case it, it it's even probably more of a, a you know of a statement because you almost have to leave the country to uh you know to find some normalcy <laughs> uh, which is sort of crazy but uh you know we definitely wish you uh uh safe travels over there and uh we're Thanks. going to do our best here um to make technology work so we can keep you involved in the show while you're over there um and uh that should be fun we want to know more about what's going on there uh maybe some of the you know interesting sites or whatever um and so we uh we definitely look to try to stay involved with you as you as you know as you make your way over there uh and then you'll be back what is it thanksgiving time you're coming back or when are you back thanksgiving week yeah, yeah okay yeah so um and there will not be uh, an Inside Groove show Thanksgiving week for those who are listening because I will be busy in Batesville, Mississippi for the 30th annual O'Reilly Auto Parts National Indoor Cart Championship, which I am really excited to tell everybody can be seen uh, this year as uh, a, a uh, part of the Pit Row TV subscription on Speed Sport, uh, the Speed Sport TV network. Um, you can... Um, you can you can subscribe uh, to Pit Road TV, and uh, you can go to their website and do that right now. And you not only will get Batesville, but you'll get all of their other races that they and they have a bunch. And Pit Road TV uh, does a great job with what they do. They're going to elevate our uh, live stream from Batesville tremendously, and then we're going to have a 60-minute um, show on Mav TV early in 2021 uh, showcase from the race too that Ralph Shaheen and I will be. Um, working together on as the voices. So um going to be a lot of fun. But anyway, no show that week, but uh, we'll let Cam get back safely, and then we'll uh, come back the following week and pick up where we left <laughs> off, um, wherever that will be. But, uh, uh, Cam, obviously it's always fun. Um, you're a big part of the show. We appreciate uh, you very much and uh, wish you uh, safety in your travels and uh, uh, hope you have a great time over there, and we'll uh, try to kind of keep you aboard here this time so we don't have this month-long gap uh where we are um essentially camless uh (laughs) try try to keep you involved and and we're gonna um those of you i've had a couple of people this week say when is your next live gonna be well we're, we're trying um it's really i want to i have a i have an idea for 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 a live show i want to do we've done a couple where it's just been kind of you know, let's just get together and, and sort of fast and loose. Um, I actually want to bring a driver on, and, and Cam may end up being the pilot for that because, um, you know, I want to try to get to um, get to where we actually give you a chance to connect with a driver and make the driver the focus of the show instead of just, you know, sitting around listening to me for an hour. That's, uh, that's no fun. So uh, definitely would like to uh, – we're, we're working on that, I promise you. I'm trying to uh, – to figure out the right technology and the right right way to present this, um, and so we'll uh, we'll get there. And the focus right now is that we're going to incorporate video um, far more 
into these shows that I do every week in 21 than we currently are now. That is uh, something I'm working very hard on. If we can uh, put the right pieces in place here, um, 2021 could be really exciting and a whole lot of fun uh, and kind of another level of what we're doing. So we're, we're, we're working on some things, and that's why um, – you know, there's been a, a little bit of a delay even in getting this show out because uh, I've been I'm doing some things with Pit Road TV that uh, kind of came up in a hurry, including the Batesville race, and had to sort of divert some time to put those things in place. But eventually, um, that mindset of of video and and being able to have uh, have that kind of in in my orbit will uh, we, we hope uh, will elevate all the shows for next year not to say they're all going to be on pit road tv that's not where we're going but just to say that uh, we'll put us in a situation to have um the uh the right people in place to be able to do a nice uh something nice with some video stuff and uh, i want to be doing a lot more with uh, video even during the week uh just sort of video interviews that kind of thing so we're working on all of that uh camden we appreciate you uh taking some time to be on and uh, again, safe travels over there, and uh, we'll do our best to keep you involved uh, while you while you're over there for the next few weeks, so that uh, everybody can uh, still stay in touch with you. And again, those of you who are listening, um, you know, stay tuned for that. And if you've if you've got questions or you, you want to talk to Cam about Norway or whatever, uh, be kind of fun just to learn a little bit more about what's going on over there, um, and uh, you know, and talk about some things uh, outside of racing because obviously there are uh norway is amazing cam showed me some photos that i just it's stunning and there's just so much to uh to learn about that area so it's always fun to uh to get to know other places okay um uh look forward to uh touching base with you hopefully uh for next week's show when do you actually arrive in norway I'll be there Monday afternoon. There you go. Okay, so we'll uh, we'll stay in touch and and uh, figure out how to make that work so we get you back on next week's show. We're Definitely. Go- we're going to take a uh, quick commercial break, and then uh, we're going to come back and wrap this one up right after this. Welcome back to Inside Groove as we get ready to uh, close the door on episode 63 and i hate to end on um a negative note but uh i must unfortunately um just after camden and i finished the uh, last segment that you just heard um today which is friday the 16th um as we were still carrying on uh conversation on the phone after the recording stopped uh, Cam got a text, and I don't remember who he said it was from. I think it was somebody from the track, but uh, letting him know that Jerry Rich, the longtime pit steward at uh, Oswego, was in the hospital. Unfortunately, um, I don't have a lot of detail for you other than to say that um, the uh, the note mentioned um, that we all should be praying for Jerry. So he's got some sort of a health issue. We don't know. Uh, or I don't personally know the details, but I uh, I didn't want to just not say anything. So uh, anyone who's been around the Oswego Speedway for very long at all, especially if you've been pit side, knows Jerry Rich. And I have to tell you, I've known Jerry for way too long. Um, I don't even know. Let's see, going back to the... 80s when I went into the pits and met him for the first time um, somewhere probably 83, 84 
Um, so it's been a while uh, that I've known him, and uh, Jerry is one of the nicest, most passionate people in that pit area. Uh, would absolutely do anything for anybody. Has always been very meticulous and very concerned and very uh, focused on keeping the show going uh, and making sure that uh, traffic on the racetrack, um, as far as cars going out, is done smoothly and safely, uh, that whole process, and um, everybody loves Jerry. So, uh, again, not sure. I don't want to alarm anybody. Just to say that uh, that's that's what I was told. Cam passed that to me. He didn't have any more detail than what I've just given you. But uh, I wanted to at least get the word out that uh, Jerry is in the hospital with a health issue and that um, we all should be praying for Jerry right now. Um, and perhaps if someone has some additional detail, uh, they could maybe pass that along in the supermodified groups or on our inside groove podcast page and uh that way we we can all be a little bit more informed but uh for right now just uh please um take a moment each day over the weekend uh and just keep jerry in your daily prayers and thoughts if you would please and with that uh i will end episode 63 of inside groove and look forward to episode 64 uh, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. And, of course, thanks to uh, our sponsors for making this show possible. We are very um, appreciative of uh, all of the reaction. And, again, um, if you are not a Facebook person or you know somebody who isn't but would like to listen to the show, tell them just to go to uh, whether it's Spotify or um, you know, tune in or Apple or Google or now we're on Amazon as well. Just search Race Chaser Radio, Race Chaser Radio, and uh, they'll be able to get the show in our Race Chaser feed. So uh, real easy to find us. Uh, we're on probably about uh, 14 or 15 different platforms at least now. So, um, again, uh, thanks to all of you for uh, making this show fun for me, and uh, all the best. Jerry, we're praying for you, and uh, we, uh, we know you're, you're strong, and we're looking forward to uh, you getting better. So, uh, with that, have a great weekend and a good week, everybody, and we'll uh, talk to you on Episode 54. So long. You've been listening to Inside Groove, powered by IPC Indy creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Find them on the web at www.ipcindy.com. Inside Groove is a Race Chaser Media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and visit racechasermedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of this show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.